Are the Arizona Coyotes better than their record suggests? And could they give the Oilers a bigger run for their money than you think? We will talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Your Locked On Oilers, your daily podcast on the Edmonton Oilers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host and former Oilers game day producer, Brett Holden. As mentioned on today's episode, we're going to start off with a little preview, a little bit of a preview of uh, Wednesday night's game against the Arizona Coyotes as a late 8.30 puck drop at Rogers Place. Uh, Mountain time, what is going on there? But uh, could the Arizona Coyotes be better than we think? Are the Oilers in a little bit of trouble heading into tomorrow? We will talk about that. Also on today's episode, Vinny DeHarnay. Did the Oilers miss Vinny against the San Jose Sharks? And what has he brought to the Oilers in his first 25 games as an NHL player? We will talk about that. And to wrap up today's episode, we will head down to Bakersfield for our Bakersfield Condors report, where since the last time we talked about them, a new face in the lineup and one of the their best players also leaving. So we will talk about that and much more on today's episode of Locked On Oilers. Thank you for making Locked On Oilers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you find your podcast. Alrighty, let's get into uh, Wednesday night's matchup against the Arizona Coyotes. The Coyotes are coming into town after a tough Eight or uh, two to one, excuse me. A two to one loss against the Winnipeg Jets. I was going to say it's at 830. So uh, calm down, Arizona. You did not lose. In fact, or you did not lose big. You did lose to the Winnipeg Jets two to one. But the Winnipeg Jets have been struggling a little bit, but they're a team in a playoff position. The Arizona Coyotes' last loss before this game was a 3-2 loss to the Colorado Avalanche. Other than those two losses, in the last eight games, the Arizona Coyotes have won six of those eight games, including games against the Chicago Blackhawks, Vancouver Canucks, Calgary Flames, Minnesota Wild, Nashville Predators, and the St. Louis Blues. Now, you can say what you want to say about Chicago and Vancouver. That's fair. And those are also comparable teams to the Arizona Coyotes. However, Calgary fighting for a playoff spot depends where they are really each day. But that's a tough team to go out and play against. The Minnesota Wild, one of the best teams in the Central Division, fighting for that top spot in the Central Division. Uh, Nashville Predators also in a playoff spot, fighting for a playoff spot, have a couple of games in hand on the teams in the wild card spot right now. So these are tough teams to play against, and their only two losses have been one-goal games to teams who have been some of the best teams at times in the NHL in Colorado and Winnipeg. Now, we'll get back to the uh, Arizona Coyotes in a second, but I do want to talk about the Edmonton Oilers' optional skate, and I put in brackets today. As Glenn Gullitson uh, coached the uh, optional skate again in brackets for the Oilers today, as uh, here's who the forwards were for the Edmonton Oilers. You tell me who's not there. 
Evander Kane, Zach Hyman, Kyler Yamamoto, Matias Yanmark, Warren Fogle, Clem Costin, and Nick Bukestad were all on the ice for the Oilers for the forwards. Defensemen included Brett Kulak, Vinny DeHarnay, Evan Bouchard, Philip Broberg, and Cody Cece. And both goaltenders were in or on the ice, excuse me. Stuart Skinner was in the starter's net. There you go. I gave you a couple of seconds to think. Yes, it was McDavid, Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Darnell Nurse, and Matias Ekholm all missing practice. Optional skate, I should say, uh, today. But that's expected after a game like that. A big, big, high emotional game. Darnell getting the game winner. Uh, Ekholm getting two goals in that game. It was an emotional win. You, you, you kind of need those players down the stretch in the playoffs, so fair enough. Get them their uh, time off. However, let's get back to the Arizona Coyotes. This Arizona Coyotes team has some pretty interesting players, and you see the outcomes of their most recent games, those six wins in those eight, eight, uh, the last eight games, excuse me. They have piled on the draft picks. They have 21 draft picks in the first three rounds from this year to 2025. So in 2023, 2024, 2025, the first, second, and third round picks, we will see the Arizona Coyotes 21 times. That is mortgaging the future. And I mention that because... At the top of their list for the point getters are obviously very young players, but players that you can build your team around. Clayton Keller heading into tonight's game against the uh, Winnipeg Jets, 32 goals, 43 assists, 75 points. Nick Schmaltz, who is probably going to be on the move, but if he is, he's probably going to garner even more top three draft picks. So 21 goals, 26 assists, 47 points for him. Now, Matias Michelli, who has been quietly one of the better, uh, honestly, quietly one of the best prospects in the NHL this year, did lose a bunch of time, about a month this year with an injury, but seven goals, 32 assists, good for 39 points. They were saying that Connor Bedard next year can comfortably get 30 assists, and this guy in his first year after missing time, 32 uh, assists for him. He has been fantastic. Was going uh, had a three-game point streak heading into tonight's game against the Jets. So a, a player to really watch out for here. He leads the uh, NHL in rookie assists as well. So Matias Michelli. He is a very, very good player and a very young player as well. Lawson Kraus is finally figuring his way around in the NHL. 22 goals, 16 assists, 38 points. And the same thing with Barrett Hayton. 14 goals, 23 assists, 37 points. Another young name that Edmonton Oilers fans are probably and they should be familiar with is Michael Kesselring, who is a part of the Nick Bukestad trade. And I mentioned Michael Kesselring because he's playing on the top pairing with Uso Valimaki. Yes, all the Oilers fans who are saying, get Kesselring into the NHL. Well, the Arizona Coyotes have done so, and he's playing with Uso Valimaki on the top pairing there. No points yet for Kesselring. Uh, could you imagine if he does get a point tomorrow against the Oilers? Uh, either way, that game goes at 8.30 Mountain Time, as mentioned, at Rogers Place. 
a late one, but she will be a good one as well. Now, a player who wasn't in the last game for the Edmonton Oilers was Vinny DeHarnay, was on the ice for practice tonight, or today, excuse me. But did the Edmonton Oilers miss him in the lineup against the San Jose Sharks? We will talk about that in just a second. But first, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Thank goodness I have UCLA winning the tournament because three of my top four, three of my final four are already out. I don't want to talk about it. Either way, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out on the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Alrighty, let's move on to that big guy on the back end for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm talking Vinny DeHarnay, who has been an absolute revelation for the Edmonton Oilers over the last couple of weeks since his NHL debut back on January 11th. But last night was his first healthy healthy scratch, excuse me, since his uh, debut in the NHL, and obviously Philip Roberg came in and took that spot as the Oilers went 12-6 and instead of running an 11-7 lineup. And I won't lie, I'm sitting there watching the game and going, well, okay, here's another goal against. Mm, no, there's another goal against. I'm sitting there going... The Oilers lack something in their own end. They're not really being physical. They're not ending cycles. They haven't been great in the defensive transition on the back check. This game is kind of missing Vinny DeHarnay. And it's kind of been not necessarily a, a, a trend for the Edmonton Oilers, but sometimes the Edmonton Oilers have taken out players like a Clem Costin in a game that the Edmonton Oilers probably needed a guy like Clem Costin. And it happened again against the uh, San Jose Sharks last night. Now, on the surface and realistically, Philip Broberg, I almost called him Oscar Clefbaum, I won't lie, so that's probably a good omen. But Philip Broberg needed some time, and this was a good game to do so against the uh, San Jose Sharks, one of the worst teams in the NHL. It is not a good team, but a good team for a player who needs to get his legs back underneath him to get engaged in. I understand that. So I'm okay with him missing the game. However, if the Edmonton Oilers lost that game, I feel like I probably would be maybe more impassioned or emboldened to be more into, he's trying to play it and shaking my fist type deal. Philip Broberg, I don't think played her bad by any means, but the team defense, and I feel like Philip Broberg just ends up catching this stray because he was the guy who was brought into the lineup. That is not the means whatsoever. 
However, I was taking a look at some of the numbers that Philip Broberg or that Vinny Dayarnay, excuse me, has brought into the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers, and they're kind of impressive. And then I took a look at some of the numbers that Broberg has brought in. Some of them are very impressive as well, but compared to what Vinny Dayarnay can produce, down the stretch, I'm curious to see who will be getting that sixth and final spot on the Oilers lineup. Or if the Oilers decide to go 11-7 in the playoffs. But let's start with Vinny Dayarnay's numbers. His goals four per 60 minutes at five on five since joining the Edmonton Oilers sits at a 3.37, which is eighth on the Edmonton Oilers. Not too bad, especially considering he is not at all an offensive defenseman, but 3.37 eighth on the Oilers right now. His goals against per 60 minutes at 5-on-5 sits at a 2.29, which would be 6th on the Edmonton Oilers. We flip to Philip Broberg, who in uh, 40 games played so far this year, no goals, 7 assists, 7 points. DeHarnay, by the way, 25 games played, 5 assists, 5 points. Uh, But... Oscar Clefbaum so far this year, goals four per 60 minutes at five on five sits at a 3.43, which is actually seventh, so one spot above DeHarnay. But his goals against per 60 minutes, <sighs> at 2.89 sitting in 19th for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, the nice thing is, is that not, that number used to be in the threes for the Edmonton Oilers if you were in the 19th spot type area. The fact that it's now at a 2.89 not only speaks to the team's uh, defense, but as well as Philip Broberg's as well. So a pretty nice number to be at when you're at a uh, 19th on the Edmonton Oilers. Now, here is the difference between these two players, and this is really where you see the separation between the two. The offensive differential for Philip Broberg so far this year, and this is... Uh, one of those numbers that is from the Athletics player cards is offensive differential amongst defensemen in the NHL for Philip Broberg sits in the 94th percentile. He sits at a plus 9.9 and has the potential to get up to 17. That's impressive. That's impressive. Plus nine or a 94th percentile in his first full year in the NHL is a number to really keep your chin high about. However, on the flip side, Vinny DeHarnay, since he joined the Edmonton Oilers on January 11th, the Edmonton Oilers goals against per 60 minutes while shorthanded sits at a 6.86. Before Vincent DeHarnay, that number was a 10.37, 26th in the NHL. That 10.37 since Vinny DeHarnay has joined the Edmonton Oilers has gone down by minus 4, 3.8. That is a massive change for a team that has not been very strong defensively who has obviously struggled defensively. Their major, major strength has been scoring goals, and their major, major weakness has been preventing goals. And what happened last night? The Edmonton Oilers had issues 
preventing the one of worst teams in the league from scoring goals. It was not all on Jack Campbell. I would probably give two of those goals on Jack Campbell. The rest of those, you have five guys in front of you who are letting Eric Carlson creep in from the blue line into the low slot. You, you're having Thomas Hurdle come in wide open on the far wing and get a rebound that, you know what, he tracked pretty dang well. He got that puck out of immediate danger, and Thomas Hurdle got the puck by, what, above the faceoff dot? You need to have guys who are consistently aware and very communicative, which Vinny DeHarnay is in his own end. And I think the Edmonton Oilers lacked that last night. Again, I don't mean this in any way as to, oh, Philip Broberg shouldn't play. Why is Broberg playing? This is a very good problem for the Edmonton Oilers to have. These are two very good NHL defensemen that you can insert in your lineup at any point. Now, the other thing, too, is we're going to get into the Bakersfield Condors here right away. But once their season ends, you can start bringing up some of those players as black aces for the playoffs. That's what happened with Dylan Holloway. Who will be some of those players the Edmonton Oilers will bring up for playoffs? We will talk about that in just a second in our Bakersfield Condors report. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you gotta try Built Bar. Listen, I know we're approaching April And hopefully you're still sticking with your New Year's resolutions like I am. I'm clearly eating healthier, right? But if you're like me and wanted to eat healthier but didn't want to sacrifice taste, then Built Bar is exactly what you need. With Built Bar, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, there is no way. I don't understand how they make it so delicious, but they are still so good for you. Perfect for that New Year's resolution that is still rearing its ugly head. I don't know how they do it, but what really makes them perfect is their 100% real chocolate. Yes, I said real chocolate, and probably if you combine that with their unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond, yeah, that's probably going to make for a pretty dang good bar. But they are also so good for you. I'm talking 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. It is good for you. It is delicious. It is healthy. And you can find a box at any participating Walmart or Sam's Club. You can thank me later. Alrighty, let's wrap up today's episode with the Bakersfield Condors report. Starting off with the month of March not being too bad for the Condors. Five wins, three losses, and none of them coming by way of overtime or shootout. All three losses coming in regulation. The losses were not fantastic. A 5-1 loss to Coachella Valley, a 4-0 loss to the San Jose Barracuda, and a 5-3 loss to the Henderson Silver Knights but did have some pretty big wins as well. A 5-4 win over the Ontario Reign, 6-5 and uh, 2-1 wins over the Texas Stars, uh, 6-2 victory over the San Jose Barracuda, and getting back at the Henderson Golden Knights with a 
nothing victory now a couple of notes around some interesting players first off let's start off with Raphael Lavoie who has been an absolute revelation for the Bakersfield Condors or on during the second half of the season really uh, he's playing top line minutes right now with the Condors with James Hamblin and uh, Seth Griffith who is the leading point getter right now for the Condors that has been a great line for the Condors right now as well on the Flip side, however, let's talk about Carter Savoy, who's playing on the fourth line for the Condors. Now, Coach Chalk has talked about uh, Savoy a little bit here and there, and he needs some seasoning still, but... He's been playing bottom six type minutes. He's been getting back from a couple of injuries as well, so it makes sense. But it would be nice to see one of those younger players get some more time. I'm not sure if he will be one of those black aces we talk about in just a second. But one of the new names that the Bakersfield Condors have in their lineup is Cam Deneen, who the Edmonton Oilers acquired from the Arizona Coyotes, or Tucson Roadrunners as well, who has been having a fantastic season in the AHL. So far this year in 57 games, he has four goals, 37 assists, good for 41 points. Now, in seven games as a Bakersfield Condor, the defenseman has six points. Pretty equal, well, equal in ways, but a pretty good acquisition for the Bakersfield Condors considering they lost their leading goal scorer and the AHL's leading defensive scorer in Michael Kesselring that we mentioned earlier on. He is now playing top line minutes with the Arizona Coyotes, so uh, pretty fast how the world can come at you. But uh, Cam Deneen has been fantastic. Now, him and Tyler Benson are considered, I believe, Class 6 free agents. Uh, I believe that's the right class. Excuse me if I'm incorrect. But they that means that they have not met the NHL requirement for the mo or, uh, amount of games that you can play before you're considered an unrestricted free agent. However, their contract has ran long enough. They're uh, past the age of, I believe you have to be 26 or 25 to be considered a Class 6. So, uh... They need to be signed by the Edmonton Oilers by uh, free agency, essentially, or they become unrestricted free agents instead of restricted free agents. So a name to watch out for, Cam Deneen, and of course, as well, Tyler Benson as well. Uh, Xavier Borgo has been having a pretty solid season for the Bakersfield Condors this year. However, he did take a high hit against the San Jose Barracuda just last week early in the second period and he hasn't played since he has been injured uh wasn't in the game yesterday as well where the uh or against the Henderson Silver Knights excuse me where they went 11-7 in that game because of the injuries that they are withstanding now the Bakersfield Condors currently sit 10 points out of the playoffs and it's very unlikely that they will be able to make that a possibility. So once the AHL season starts, the Edmonton Oilers as ends, excuse me, and the playoffs start, the Edmonton Oilers have an opportunity to bring up a certain amount of players, not necessarily roster players, but they can be on it's a, an unspoken taxi squad type deal. They're just around the team. They're called Black Aces. And last year, the Edmonton Oilers had some pretty interesting ones including Dylan Holloway. 
We know how that has turned out, and he did get into the final game of the season, or one of the last games for the, yeah, it was the finals game, I think it was game four, of the uh, Western Conference Final. Now, there are some pretty interesting names that will be coming up. We know that James Hamblin will likely be coming up in that that group. Uh, you look at probably Philp will be coming up with that group as well. Seth Griffith, who has been uh, a fantastic player for the Condors this year. 17 goals, 37 assists, 54 points. He'll come up as well. Cam Deneen, I'll be interested to see if he comes up too, but... The names that I would be most interested to see, Xavier Borgo, is he's hopefully healthy by then, so we shall play it by ear there, but Raphael Lavoie, who has been a, a very good player for the Condors this year, but especially in that second half, there has been development issues with him over the last couple of years. The Oilers selected him in the second round a couple of years ago, and a guy who is believed to have first-round talent. Now, so far this year, 22 goals, 38 points with uh, 16 assists for him. He has been really turning it on down the stretch. He... I don't think will be inserted into the lineup unless the Edmonton Oilers absolutely need to, but he's a name to watch out for because I watched this guy a lot in juniors and I really liked his, I thought he was a fantastic junior hockey player, but my concern is how his game will translate into an NHL role. He has the touch of this goal scorer. You can see that he obviously can finish. My concern is when he gets into board battles, he has a big body, but especially when he was in uh, uh, juniors, he wasn't really grown into that body yet. He wasn't big enough really to work in those corners. He was big, he was tall, but sometimes he got outworked by smaller defensemen who were bigger and, well, could outwork him because they had to go into corners with big guys all the time. Raphael Lavoie, obviously, he's seeing a big growth in his game. That will be the biggest thing for me to see if he can really develop in that way to, so he can become a successful NHLer. Uh, Ty Tulio will be another interesting name to watch for the uh, Bakersfield Condors and the Edmonton Oilers when it comes to the Black Aces. He has 13 goals this year and has been a, a very quietly good player for that team. Does all the things right. He works with a motor and Bruce Kerlock, who writes for Oilers Nation and does a lot of uh, work around the Bakersfield Condors. He said that if Tyler Tulio ever makes it as an original or or, or uh, a consistent role in the NHL with the Edmonton Oilers, he's going to become a fan favorite. He's a buzzsaw. He goes and hits. He creates energy. He can score he can play in his own end he plays on the penalty kill he's a very very he's almost what Kyler Yamamoto the expectations that Kyler Yamamoto has but just with a little bit more edge and I really like 
Tyler Tulio. I loved the pick. He was selected in the same draft that the Oilers selected all of those forwards in, including uh, Dylan Holloway and Carter Savoy. So he was in that draft class, a pretty good draft class for the Oilers, including uh, Matt Faye Petroff was also in that draft for the Oilers too. Uh, Justin Bailey will be another player to watch out for too. He has been another revelation. He was signed to a, a deal, a, a pro deal, in January, but he was playing on an amateur deal heading into that. The Edmonton Oilers actually signed him to a professional tryout at the start of uh, training camp. He never did get into a game there. I believe he suffered an injury, got into Bakersfield late, but since then, he has really turned it on. 15 goals for him so far this year, 27 points too, so... The Oilers do have players coming up now. The thing to remember, of course, is this is by no means a promise that they will play, but their options for the Oilers. So, again, 10 points out of the playoff spot. Not likely that they're going to make the playoffs, but uh, some pretty fun hockey and some pretty fun storylines to watch down the line. Alrighty, enough of me murmuring on. Let's uh, finish today's episode. We're not moving on. We're finishing today's episode. The Arizona Coyotes come into town tomorrow night for an 8.30 Mountain Time puck drop at Rogers Place. She'll be a late one, but she's gonna be a fun one. Until then, we are going to have a preview game or a preview game, a preview of the game on tomorrow's episode. Until then, stay safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Party on from yesterday's win and play La Bamba, baby.